stargazers, welcome to 7th House Astrology, where I take a topic that is either astrological or related to relationships and romance. I investigate it under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Love or Relationship Astrology. I am so glad that you guys have joined me for today. As I've said in previous episodes, uh, Cancer Season has actually given me a lot of creative inspiration when it comes to this particular podcast. And um, I'm actually going to try one of these new ideas today. So we at, with cancer season, I had actually predicted what relationships would look like within just the general season while the sun is in cancer. Today, actually, I'm pulling out the chart of the moment, uh, so where all planets are sitting currently uh, as we speak, and actually, I'm just going to give like a relationship report. Um, I actually started looking at this as of July the 1st, so um, it's probably going to be very reflective of not only what we've what we're going to be experiencing, but also what we have experienced within this last week as well. And it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, uh, yeah, with, with my, with my research this last week, it's been pretty fascinating. There are some planets, uh, particularly Saturn and Jupiter, which are in very contradictory spots in the chart. Uh, we will be getting to that, but, um, like Saturn's actually in Pisces right now, which Saturn call to duty, restrictiveness, uh, making sure that everything is organized and in its rightful place, you know, ruler of Capricorn is somehow finding its way in, not only in retrograde, but stuck in Pisces right now. Pisces, which is very intuitive, very sensitive, very compassionate, um, very much into the ethereal realm. So again, I see that kind of discord there. And Jupiter in Taurus. I mean, Jupiter, again, ruler of Sagittarius, broad knowledge, um, really kind of exploring worldviews and paradigm shifts, is actually stuck in Taurus, which is all about being solid and stable and really making sure that we're also being practical in life. So th th like I said, those two transits right now are extremely interesting. And there's there's a little bit more. So just to get right into it. So as I had mentioned in last week's episode on Pluto retrograde and also um, the week before, you know, it's Pluto that's in retrograde right now. So Pluto's in retrograde. So is, I mentioned Saturn as well too, last week. Um, as of this last week, it turns out Neptune is also joining the fray of the retrograde planets. So we have three retrograde planets, three of the, the generational planets in retrograde, which has been, oh, I can't tell you how much fun it's, it's been, um, in my own personal life. Uh, let's just say health wise, it, all three have really made a big impact on my nervous system and I've had to really pull back and try to take care of my, um, my generalized anxiety disorder. But to get into relationships when it comes to Saturn, Neptune and Pluto retrograde, well, uh, stargazers, this one's a tricky one because really we have restructuring our structures dealing with delusions within relationships. So we might have a partner or we might have a, a situation where we're relating to somebody 
we think they're one way, they're actually something different, and we're not really coming quite to terms with who they really are. So it's kind of disenchanting. We're dealing with a lot of disenchantment. And then, of course, we're dealing with power and, you know, overt excesses of power and also probing deep with inside ourselves. We have issues and excavating what is not worthy to us and getting down to deep issues and making sure that those deep issues are resolved. So all of these three planets definitely carry a big whammy personally to everybody. I think in relationships, this is a good time to really pause on the reactivity. Um, and in any which way that this, that this can be aided, um, you know, like if, if this, if yoga aids you in kind of delaying reactions and really trying to listen carefully and really trying to determine um, the best course of action Yoga can be a great go-to. I found that Tai Chi has been kind of uh, helpful and grounding for me so that I'm not as reactive and hyperactive to everything and everyone. Um, everybody's different, though. Sometimes even nature bathing can provide that uh, basis for grounding. But I really think that in relationships, this is a time to just really pull back um, really don't react as much. And I know that's easier said than done, but try to hold back on the reactivity when it comes to either how your partner is behaving or how everyone's behaving around you. And I think also this is a great time to show some compassion towards um, fellow people in general, because everybody's going through their own ball of wax right now with the retrograde planets. And it's very different for everybody when it comes to what they're wrestling with and how they're wrestling with it. You know, with me, where I have to come to terms with a psycho-emotional disorder and kind of controlling that because I was near close to a nervous breakdown on Friday. You know, I was just slightly close to a nervous breakdown on Friday um, due to stressors in my life. For someone else, it could just be that they're dealing with the stressors of maybe a family member being overly controlling with them or that their their family member may be overly controlling, but their response to that family member being overly controlling is another, you know, destructively controlling uh, response to that. And, you know, another, you know, period of disenchantment as well as restructuring family models. Someone else could be just dealing with a lot of stress at work and having to restructure work schedules, having to restructure the power plays and, you know, try to restructure or try to deal with power plays at work. And then also the disenchantment of the job. Um, other people may be going through other, I, I mean, I, I think there's like thousands of countless of other um, situations that everyone can be going through. Retrograde cycles especially are very tough, especially when we're, you know, I mean, the generational plants, I mean, we don't always feel it as profoundly as, say, like Mercury or Venus or Mars retrograde, but we also still kind of feel it. And we might feel it more, actually not might, we do feel it more in subtle ways, but again, it's a lot of the themes, especially like this week, I've noticed a lot of themes of Pluto retrograde coming out of the woodwork for me. But as much as we're preparing for Venus retrograde, this is a tough period um, for everybody. And I think just 
a little bit, uh, you know, kind of having that compassion of, you know what, we're not alone. We're all in the same ship together. If one person is experiencing one thing, good chance somebody's experiencing something else. Uh, don't take things too personally. Um, somebody reacts in an overtly egomaniac power way or someone acts re reacts really hormonally or somebody reacts to you with a very cold and restrictive response. Again, just really um, have some compassion and just say, you know what, they're probably going through a lot. You know, just like with me, they're probably going through a lot. And, you know, the compassion that you show to yourself when you go through something is something that you can show to others and really kind of extend that towards others and really, you know, just making sure that you're out of the drama, that you're out of the fray as much as you possibly can be. I think there's showing compassion and, you know, just really showing some understanding, um, I think will go a long way in all relationships across the board, you know, in marriages, in long-term relationships and casual relationships, even, um, even with like coworkers at this time and working situations. I think that, you know, just really showing some compassion, putting the brakes on, reacting, putting the brakes on creating waves, having drama. I think that's going to, that's really going to help us to survive, if you may, <laughs> survive the beginnings of uh, Venus retrograde, which will be occurring on July the 22nd. And oh man, that's going to be, it's going to be fun. You know, Venus retrograde for me is not as profoundly bad because I have, I've, I was born at a time of Venus retrograde, but I know for many people around me, it's a huge struggle. So I, I just, I just find that, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Seriously, so much fun. But I would just, I would even carry that even into Venus retrograde. Just have some compassion and really, um, just some understanding, some compassion and don't take things personally is what I would also just say too. Uh, try to ride with the waves as much as you possibly can. And if there are tools that help you with that, like Tai Chi or yoga or any other, um, you know, like journaling or any, any other like calming activities that can really be helpful for this time, I'd say do it. I'd say, you know, go for it. Definitely, um, you know, engage in it full force and full throttle. So um, when I first looked at the chart of the moment, the sun was actually conjunct Mercury. So that was as of the 1st of July. Um, now, you know, so, well, since the sun actually moves every single day along with the moon, the sun is no longer conjunct Mercury, but it still is within a close proximity to it. Uh, whenever I see two planets, even in the same house, there's still equal influence, I feel, or there's still some influence. It might not be as powerful. Like if the two, when there's two planets in the same house, I still see, still see the influence, but it's, it might not be as really intense as a, as the conjunction would indicate. And the conjunction being two planets, uh, one to five degrees of distance from each other, which is very personal. If two planets were in um, each other's personal space, but uh, really with the sun um, being close to Mercury at this time, this has been an, um, this has been unlike a typical cancer season in the regard that a lot of people really want to communicate at this time. 
um, and especially with Mercury being in Cancer at this time, communicating about, um, you know, how they feel and feelings and emotions. Also, intuitions and intuitive impressions as well, too, um, are really high topic, um, key button issues for discussion. Um, but aside from that as well, uh, whereas many people in cancer season usually kind of keep to themselves, they're not really very comfortable with eliciting a lot of information. This is quite the reverse. Um, we have a lot of people just sharing. Um, actually, I've started to notice, like, even on walks, there are just people who have been more inclined to just talk to other people. And I think sometimes that's also um, the other Cancerian aspect of this is just to make a connection with someone. Um, and I, I've seen that with not just just me, but I've seen that in general where a random stranger will just start talking to me just to make a connection out there in the world and to feel as though they're not as alone or lonely um, in the world as much as possible. And I think that that's, you know, honestly, it's a nice step up from last year. You know, last year was like, you know, you're saying hello to me. Why? You know, um, or how dare you say hello to me? I'm sticking to myself. Or how dare you invade my space? You know, there, there's no longer space or security issues that we're facing at this time. And, you know, like I said, it's more about opening up. And I think within relationships in general, too, like with, um, you know, marriages, with uh, dating somebody, there's going to be a continuing of opening up, you know, opening up with issues that one person might have with another or just opening up in general, you know, like just feeling the moment and really discussing and talking about that moment, maybe even engaging more in the love language of uh, words of affirmation. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually pretty predominant in all relationships right now, even in friendships, you know, like two friends are engaging in words of affirmation because they really feel a deep connection with their friend and they're really feeling that moment and that bond, um, just that much more. I also have seen um, with, you know, the sun being close to Mercury in Cancer, really um, that deep well of gratitude when it comes to expressing how much you enjoy being in that person's presence. And also just, you know, really just being in that moment, I feel like a deep well and swell of gratitude that usually genuinely comes from the re the, the absolute depths of your heart, I feel is also um, very prominent at this time within relationships. So uh, like I said, definitely a good departure. Um, I, I like this myself. You know, I kind of like the sun being next to Mercury and people communicating a lot more. This could just be my Leonine and my Sun Leo, my Moon and Libra, you know, combination here. But I, I like this far better as opposed to cutting off. You know, I, I like being more that the friendliness and the support of many people coming out as opposed to walling off and not talking to anybody, which is not a, not a fun thing to to have happen. Well, aside from the sun, there are other two planets that I feel have been stealing the spotlight or been in contention of the spotlight with the sun. And that would be Venus conjunct Mars in the sign of Leo. 
this is quite a combination. This this is quite a conjunct in my in my own personal opinion. So um, it is still actually conjunct. You know, I I noticed that on the first it was conjunct, and it's they're still conjunct at this point. However, as of the eleventh, Mars will move on to Virgo. So what I am seeing right now with this conjunct is that everybody. I th- I, I think it's really great to say and fair to say that everybody has either been feeling a deep-seated need for making a relationship. And also, I can't ignore what my astrology teacher had actually said once about Venus conjunct Mars. You know, uh, she mentions that a lot of astrologers, and a lot of astrologers do mention this. It's like, oh my God, it's like the Two of Cups in Tarot, or or the Lovers um, card in Tarot, where the very feminine energy blends in with the masculine energy and it's perfect for a relationship. And what um, Dina, my astrology teacher had mentioned was that when it shows up in a natal chart, it can also indicate sex addiction in that individual or sex addict. And she said, it has nothing to do with love or she would, she would add, uh, you know, continually, it has nothing to do with love. I'm not sure if this transit is actually going there. Um, what I do see is a lot of passion, especially, you know, we have Mars, which is a fiery planet in a fire sign of Leo. We have Venus, who's pretty neutral. Um, I would say, you know, definitely the planet I, I kind of, you know, definitely that planet that rules Taurus and Libra also being in a very fiery sign. Um, so, and, you know, again, Venus being that of love, being in a fiery sign. So I see a ton of fire and passion playing out in the relationship. Um, the only thing that I would warn against, and the one thing where I kind of have like a little bit of a suspicious eye on this particular transit is that in relationships, while everyone's feeling compelled to go into a relationship, there's also that side where everyone's kind of judging sex being equated to love or the amount of passion being equated to love. And for those who have listened to my podcast often ever since I first started, one thing that I just say that um, astrology is kind of teaching us at this time is that love is not just passion. Love is not just sex. And as we explored with the the Scandaval charts of, you know, Raquel Levis, uh, um, Ariana Maddox, as well as Tom Sandoval, uh, sex is not love. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like sex is bad and we should all abstain. No, um, sex is really, you know, a good means to an end. You know, it can definitely spice up a relationship, especially if a relationship has gone quite bland for a while. Um, that's why with marriage couples therapy, there's a little bit of an emphasis on having a little more intimacy, like physical intimacy with each other um, to respark that romance. Passion is also a means to an end as well. Um, passion and chemistry can be a means to an end. Uh, without it, we wouldn't be feeling love and we wouldn't be feeling the inclination of being with each other. But with this particular um, situation where Love is equated to how much you you hop in the sack or love is equated to how much chemistry you have. As we've learned in in astrology, that's a very narrow-minded 
view and it's not always the accurate viewpoint because we have love being respectful, love being um, platonic, as well as sexual and passionate. We have love, which is, you know, basis of communication. We have love for um, being, you know, feeling secure around our partners. You know, we do have the passion, sure. We do have that fifth and that eighth house energy. We have um, the energy of Mars. We have the energy of Venus as well, too. But it's it's not solely about the, the passion there. And what I would just advocate right now is while you're feeling pretty passionate and while you're feeling pretty, you know, kind of in your vibes, so to speak, and in each other's vibes, so to speak, uh, try not to equate love with being in, you know, try not to equate love with the sex or with passion. Try to really um, distance yourselves every now and again and try to get to know one another um, personally. The first reason being is that a relationship, I can tell you from experience, a relationship that's really just based off of just passion and fire. Well, that fire can also burn the house down. You know, if, it, if that fire gets too high and it gets too hot, it can burn the house down. And I've had many disastrous relationships a couple of times where, you know, it feels great when you're in the moment, when you're feeling that passion. And it, it feels really great when you have that sexual chemistry. But when it doesn't really work out, like one person is being very disrespectful to the other person because they feel one way, whereas their partner feels another way, um, and they're not really handling disagreements very well, that's where I say um, that's where the fire's kind of burning the house down, or they're getting so obsessed with sex that they do something unethical, or they're so obsessed with sex that they're doing something that their partner doesn't really like. Um, those are ways in which I feel like the the fires bring the house down or where I feel like that's where it, it gets destructive. Also, um, as I mentioned, Mars is going to be moving into Virgo as of July the 11th. So this conjunction will not last for much longer. And when Mars moves, that passion can, it, so whereas this passion feels very fiery, you know, especially being in a fire sign, having a fiery planet, having a planet of love in all this, this duration, by the same token, um, you know, when Mars moves to Virgo, it's going to feel as though there's a lot of earth that's really burying this flame or it will feel like somebody took a bucket of ice water on you and, you know, kind of fizzle out the, the flame. Um, in other words, that passion and that sense of, you know, the sexual chemistry, the passion that you're feeling now can fizzle out um, and it can also burn out as well, too. If the relationship is just based off of all of the, of, of all the above, you know, the, the sex and the passion, good chance it might, you know, if it's just that, it might not survive when, you know, uh, Mars goes into Virgo. So one thing I would just recommend, pump the brakes a little bit. Actually, um, in ways in which we can do so, we'll get into another transit of ours. So um, even though these planets are squared, I think that both um, con the, both the contradictory energies can give us a little bit of how we can slow down, how we can pump those brakes on the passion a little bit, 
and how we can maybe move into the territory of kind of appreciating one another and maybe also having some proper date. I would just say, don't forget proper dates like dinner and a movie. And don't forget about um, knowing each other, not just in bed, like actually getting out of bed, putting on some clothes, having a dinner and a movie and like actually getting to, you know, talk about your values and getting to know one another properly. You know, kind of like back in the old days. Listen to me being an older, older woman here back in the old days. But uh, I think that some of the old fashioned models of, you know, dating and relating uh, were definitely very beneficial as well. But uh, Jupiter is also squared this Venus conjunct Mars transit. So with that said, uh, with Jupiter being squared, so like I mentioned earlier, Jupiter is actually in a really unlikely sign. It's in Taurus. So whereas with Jupiter, when it's in like Sagittarius or Aries or Leo, um, sometimes even in an air sign, we get these inspirations of wanting to, you know, explore paradigm shifts and act on paradigm shifts and act on, you know, these broad, big picture ideas. Right now with uh, Jupiter being in a contradictory sign, it's kind of like those big picture ideas are being kind of chunked one by one to where they're like more manageable. I kind of look at it as the fantasy of the big picture ideas are kind of laying the groundwork for goals um, that we can make for the future. And one way I've kind of seen this um, in my own life is, you know, instead of just like, gee, I want to just work on uh, screenplay writing a little bit more in my off time and any time in my off time, I've seen it more like, Yes, I'd still love to work on my screenplay writing or on my creative writing projects, but how about let's try over the weekend first, and then maybe we can add a couple of days as we're going along and, you know, see how that, see how that works um, for the, the scheduling. You know, it's, it's really like pulling the big ideas out from, you know, the ether and really kind of making them more manageable um, into goals. How that relates with relationships is really, um, again, not, you know, approaching relationships. It kind of like, uh, instead of approaching relationships with the bigger goal picture of maybe getting married or having lots of kids or living in that white picket fence or that, and that pretty lovely house together and having the, the perfect life together, which I, I feel like we all strive for in relationships or, or with friendships, being best friends forever. You know, we always, you know, reach for the final in relationships. I feel like with Jupiter being in Taurus, it's like managing it a little bit differently. It's like, sure, I'd like to get married, but there's this present, there's, there's this here and now, and there's getting to know this person to see if they share the same values and also if they're the right person as well, too. Or, you know, gee, best friends forever. Well, we'll get there, but I I still have to know this person. Or, you know, we're going to get there, but we still have some bugs and kinks to work out. Or we still have X, Y, Z to manage. So, like I said, again, more manageable goals in relationships and more manageable insights into relationships is what is how I'm seeing Jupiter's current transit right now, even though it's... It is so weird to see it in Taurus. I, I'm, I'm telling you, so weird. Um, 
But with this square, I do feel that, you know, on one hand, Jupiter in Taurus is also advocating. So Jupiter is also that planet in synastry where we're kind of getting out of ourselves and actually considering um, the other individual in the relationship or all individuals in every relationship. And right now, uh, when it comes to really kind of considering other individuals, the other thing that I feel is happening with um, the Taurus energy is that we're focused on more of becoming more intimate. And intimate, like I said, when I say intimate, I don't always mean, you know, stripping off your clothes, hopping into bed, having sex, you know, that sort of intimacy. Intimacy could also be that, you know, we, we were kind of cuddling in front of Netflix one day, or we're kind of holding hands out in public. We might be having a makeout session instead. Instead of like going to bed, we might be making out, um, or we just might be enjoying each other's presence. You know, with Taurus, it's always about getting closer to somebody with, you know, like cuddly. I, I kind of feel like with a cuddly form of intimacy, as opposed to the fiery form of intimacy that we're seeing with Venus conjunct Mars at this time. So I do feel like a good compromise because, you know, we have this fiery energy and then we have this grounded energy with Tor with uh, Taurus and Jupiter. It kind of feels like we're at a tug of war, even though this is just a square. Um, I think the best way to manage both energies right now is to engage in uh, a little bit of, of uh, Tantra. And Tantra, thank you very much, Sting, is not about an eight-hour lovemaking session. Tantra is all doesn't always have to be sexual either. Thank you very much, Sting. And Trudy Styler. Lisa, don't get me wrong. I love Sting and Trudy Styler, but when they revealed the eight hour love making session that they had. And I don't, some people said that that was a joke. It just kind of um, brought a lot of misinformation to Tantra or kind of narrowed it down to just one thing when really it's a, it's a very vast term that encompasses many things. It, it encompasses sexuality. Sure. But it also encompasses things like, um, like say that you're, on the first date that you're about ready to have a kiss. So instead of, you know, focusing your mind on expecting fireworks from the other person and expecting a, a really great kinetic chem, you know, chemistry sort of reaction, or, you know, having the chemistry, you know, you know, like meld between the two of you as well, too. I know I've, I've been guilty of that fantasy as well. Um, Tantra could also just be really backing away from those ideals being very present with your partner and just being very present with the kiss, you know, like actually feeling your partner in that moment and really genuinely, you know, seeing how that feels for you inside, like when touching your partner, how does that feel inside when your partner is kissing you? How does that feel? Um, you, you know, sometimes too, if you're kind of, if you can um, kind of um, hint at this as well too, also maybe feeling how your partner's feeling towards you. If you got, if he's feeling or she's feeling just as close as you're beginning to feel 
with them, but it's like pulling back and actually being more present. Even with sex, pulling back and being more present with your partner, with the situation, how you're feeling, as opposed to just being passionate, burning the house down, going into orgasm, you know, expecting fireworks. I think it's, it's really like being more mindful with your partner. And I think that that can also um, be accomplished with just being on a date or just being in close proximity to your partner. Like say you guys are snuggling with Netflix. You can take a moment to transcend away from the Netflix movie and actually just feel how it feels cozying up to your partner. You know, if it feels good, if it feels kind of cozy, if it feels kind of warm and fuzzy, or if it's just like, ah, I think this is forced, you know, any sort of response is really acceptable in this situation. But I think that um, being more present or having more of a mindfulness um, in relationships right now will actually help to taper the intensity and passion help to accomplish the intimacy from Jupiter and Taurus and really kind of merge them together a little bit more so that, again, we're not burning down the house. We're not having a passionate love affair only to have it completely fizzle um, as of July the 11th and, you know, not having a lot of extremes as well, too. I also think that Tantra would be really great or being more mindful with your partner would be really great for Uranus squared, guess guess who? Uranus squared Venus and Mars as well. Um, actually, with Uranus squared Venus and Mars, that just um, indicates more eroticism or adding eroticism to the passion that's going on. So really with pulling back, being more mindful with your partner, I think that will help, you know, with intimacy. And I think that'll help with not being so erratic and impulsive and just wild, you know, beyond wild, you know, wild beyond wild. And I wouldn't be surprised if um, there are a lot of love affairs or if there's just a lot of relationships that's going through a lot of extremes right now, um, especially with Uranus involved. So again, um, pulling back on those extremes and you know, just being more mindful and just really being there, so to speak, for your partner. Um, and really just, I think just being there or just being here on the whole, I think is really very beneficial. Um, for just general relationships, again, there's a lot of fiery passion, needing some sort of um, intimacy and understanding, um, and also some eroticism going into that. I think, again, just being more mindful of people's feelings, being more mindful of other people's time, being really mindful of other people as well, too. And kind of like with the retrograde planet planets, um, being more mindful that, again, um, everyone's kind of going through their own thing, but also we're, you know, just we all can come to a better understanding and better um, compassionate to a better compassionate stance at this time. All right. Something else that's really super interesting when it comes to these transits as if it's not enough that Jupiter is squared Venus conjunct Mars. It is also squared Pluto retrograde. I'm like, wow, that's, it's a doozy. It's, it's quite a doozy, but I think that when it comes down to Pluto um, retrograde squared 
uh, Jupiter. I really think that um, with Jupiter, we're trying to find a trust and we're trying to establish that the relationship is more about everybody involved as opposed to just about us. But to have that squared Pluto retrograde where that sort of, you know, where a, a form of caring and connection is going to be cross-examined or come into like cross-examination or other power plays, I think is going to be the stickiest out of this this situation. And especially with Pluto retrograde, it's like somebody might come into cross-examining your motives in the relationship because they're undergoing quite a bit of excavation and truth-seeking um, with inside themselves. So this one's a doozy. This one's really a big doozy. Um, it, it do not, like I said, again, do not feel alone if you're in this sort of a, a situation where it's like you're expressing kindness or you're expressing consideration for the other person only to have them, you know, kind of give you a suspicious glance, um, cross-examine you or, you know, use that to fester some power plays. For those who are feeling the power plays rising and bubbling up with the excavation of Pluto retrograde, you might want to just consider that there are people who are being friendly to you for a good reason. And um, like what I have been kind of undergoing right now with my near nervous breakdown um, is that people are being friendly to me for healing reasons. They're trying to help me to heal. They're trying to help me to kind of deal with the fears and all the stuff that's going on with my anxiety taking an uptick. Also, they're helping me out a lot of the time um, in managing what's more important, you know, and right now uh, my health has become of much importance. You know, it's like whether you, you know, deal with something that's in the future is more important or whether dealing with your health in the present is more important and helping me to see that is helping me to see the importance of that. But I really would just say um, with this said, if, if somebody's trying to be nice to you, um, instead of being kind of nasty about it, maybe try to accept it and try to accept that they're that they're there. That person has been placed there to help you with the excavation project, your per, your own personal excavation, so to speak. And also they might be there, you know, that this person might be very friendly to you because they're kind of help. Maybe they might be there to help you with power plays or manipulation tactics and helping you to deal with these things far more constructively and better. Um, I think if you're the individual who's being nice about it, again, don't take, if somebody's being, you know, kind of like distrustful of your kindness, don't take it to heart. Don't take it personally. Um, what I would just recommend is just continue to show that um, the care and kindness and to show um, that, you know, that sort of friendly, you know, the, the friendliness and the kindness as well, because, um, it will, as the individual who has the power plays or the, the Pluto retrograde situation, um, they'll come to notice that what you're, you know, they'll come to appreciate and really um, have that deep well of gratitude when 
you might say something that might help them or you might do something that might, that could really help them at this time. And we might be, go all of us may be going through both of the situations where we're both giving and then we're also both being distrustful. Again, I think a good way to mediate this is just, you know, really recognize we, guardian angels are not just in the ether. They're not just in the heavens. Um, I've always grown up with the idea that our guardian angels could be here on earth with us in our, you know, with, within flesh and blood. They can be that nurse who's super helpful to us when we're at that doctor's visit and making sure that we're okay. They could be that individual who just had the right words to like while you're waiting at the end the line um, at the grocery store, they just had the right words to just say um, for something that's really not going so well in your life. They could be a friend. They, I mean, guardian angels, I kind of feel are everywhere and, you know, don't deny the opportunity to actually be with your guardian angel. Um, they actually might help you in this period of destruction, this period of excavation, this period of just, you know, just bleakness, really. It's just very bleak right now. Um, with the retrograde planets, they're there to help you with the bleak and in order to sort the bleak and transform it into the gold from that that particular leaden state that you're, you've been feeling. So don't completely discount people at this time is what I'm saying when it comes to general relating and also, um, if it seems like somebody's just really being very nice to you, it seems weird. You might want to question the the weirdness of it. You might want to kind of take into consideration this person, even the weird, the, the person who seems weird might also be someone who can help you through a really rough time at this point. Something else that was very interesting um, at this time is that the North Node is also in Taurus. Now, I, I wanted to take a look at the North Node, um, mainly because it, it really kind of spoke to me personally, Stargazers. I'm not sure how, I, I'm hoping that it'll, it'll vibe with you as well. But according to Making Mindfulness Fun, um, which is a great site, it had mentioned that it's the whole purpose of North Node and Taurus is to learn how to become more self-reliant, more stable, and having your self-worth be with you all the time and also being less obsessive about things that you can't control. What it sounds like is that the North Node in Taurus, it kind of is causing us to really work harder, really try to work towards our aims and our goals and really try to impress those. We're really trying very hard to impress those who are outside of us that we're forgetting about ourselves, you know, impressing ourselves and really um, connecting with ourselves. According to Making Mindfulness Fun, um, they had mentioned, try being neutral, try be grounded, and also, um, believe it or not, as much as we try to avoid superficial, um, because the North Known Taurus is kind of kind of taking into consideration a, a sense of seriousness, being superficial. You know, it doesn't, it, it's not a, it's, it's not a problem. It's not a crime. If like, say you have to pop in a fun movie every now and then, you know, you have to take a break from the, the serious documentaries in order to pop in a romantic comedy every now and then to watch. Also with the superficial, um, it's okay to look at the surface. Sometimes we don't have to go deep or we don't have to be serious all the time. 
when it comes to relationships or when it comes to who to impress and um, when it also just comes to our motives in life. I know personally, stargazers, this kind of seemed to ring true for me um, when I first read this, but uh, it pro- probably, it could just be I'm, I'm feeling that particular um, transit at this time, you know, even though my North Node is actually in Gemini. But, uh, you know, I, I think the purpose with a relationship is that you're working too hard and just kind of let, you know, kind of ease up a little bit. I think that's kind of the theme that I, I really feel that's kind of working through the, the chart of the moment is ease up a little. You know, we're having all these expectations with relationships. It's, you know, ease off the gas a little and, you know, just try to have things happen as they as they happen, as they come along, really. The other two transits that were very interesting to me um, were really Neptune and Pisces, uh, Saturn and Pisces, which is kind of, that's definitely very interesting. You know, having Neptune and Saturn in the same sign, you know, they're not conjunct, but they're in the same signs. So that's, that's kind of interesting. And then also having uh, Saturn sextile Jupiter at this time as well. So with Neptune and Pisces, especially Neptune retrograde being in Pisces. So Neptune, even in retrograde, it's in its very primal element or in its really um, most natural place at this time. One thing that I do see, especially since Neptune is retrograde at this time, I feel that um, the ideals are really the very dreamy and the imaginative nature of Neptune um, being in Pisces. I feel like that's chucked up to a 20 because um, Neptune retrograde is more, you know, it's about our imagination inside of us. It's um, kind of like what I likened in um, Neptune retrograde, the Neptune retrograde episode. I actually have Neptune retrograde in my needle chart. So it's like you perpetually have that Academy Award winning uh, sort of film idea or the Academy Award winning story perpetually inside yourself. Or it's like you have that that really great, wonderful idea perpetually inside yourself. And I just feel that with Neptune retrograde, that's really chucking, that's really, especially in Pisces, that's being chucked up to 20 at this time. So we're really feeling a lot of inspiration at this time when it comes to relationships. Um, when it comes to relationships, I'd say the sensitivity level is also chucked up to 20. I kind of feel like it, um, the sensitivity, you know, we're, we're just kind of feeling more of the energy between two persons. And I also just feel like we're feeling a lot between people in relationships. Not that that's a bad thing. I think the only time where this is a really big drawback is if somebody's scoffing at you or somebody's not on the same page as you. Um, it can really hurt more than it naturally does with Neptune going direct. With Saturn also being in Pisces. So, I mean, the imaginative, pla- imaginative planet, try saying that 10 times fast. So the imaginative planet, meaning the planet of restrictions and karma and structures, um, is kind of, is, that's another kind of contradictory um, sort of situation, you know, like I said, even though they don't really have a, you know, a um, relation right now, such as a square or sextile or conjunct, 
um, we can really still feel this energy profoundly in the regard that the imagination, I mean, is, is playing a tug of war with what's real. And also with Saturn re- being retrograde, we're having to deal with reality as a whole, you know, reality in its barest, most stripped down form of all time, as well as, you know, again, having to restructure our lives and having to do um, a lot of different things that uh, much differently um, in our lives at this time. Um, The way that I balance these energies, though, is that, um, you know, with Neptune, there comes a point where we have that perpetual dream or we have that perpetual fantasy in us that sometimes when it comes to reality, like say we have that Academy Award winning screenplay and say that we're trying to write it out and it's really not very good. It's really not a good idea. And we're starting to feel very disenchanted with ourselves and very disenchanted with the idea, um, which usually comes with Neptune retrograde. I kind of feel like Saturn can balance the dreaminess and also the the disassociation as well as the disenchantment of Neptune retrograde that it can bring with more of the reality. You know, it's like kind of have reality inform your fantasies a little bit more and maybe have reality kind of teach you a little bit of what's disenchanting, what's disenchanting and how to ground down those wonderful ideals. And I think also on the balancing end, having those ideals be a a great source for making new goals or for implementing some of those new changes in your life far more effectively and smoothly. Um, Both of these plants are in, like I said, they're in retrograde, so it's all chucked into the inner realm. And so we're feeling more of that pressure. Um, Again, I think just, you know, having the imagination inform our goals having reality inform our imagination. I think just kind of playing off of each other or kind of playing off the two different energies right now um, will be very helpful in dealing with the disenchant, you know, just the, the drawbacks and the, the awful sides of these retro of these particular planets go on retrograde, which is not always so fun. Um, and I guess the last uh, transit that I just felt was kind of interesting and yet very stark and prominent, but yet also is existing at this time, was Saturn sextile Jupiter at this time. Um, really what I have been seeing, well, I think some of the meaning of this is that broad ideas for hand, handling retrograde was one thing that I came up to. Cafe Astrology also mentioned blending optimism with realism. Um, life is a little bit more simpler and straightforward instead of just being rife with restrictions and also being rife with just a, a ton of fantasy and really nebulous ideas. And I think especially with Saturn retrograde sextile Jupiter, um, Jupiter can give a lightheartedness to the restrict, the overly restrictive tendencies of Saturn retrograde or that Saturn retrograde can bring and also can bring um, maybe some more ideas again for goals or for structure setting, you know, with the big ideas, especially with Jupiter, um, maybe those big ideas again can be compartmentalized or chunked into 
better goals that might serve us better um, in the long term and might help us to survive the retrograde cycle as well, too. But I think it's really just blending realism with optimism and really having both kind of balance each other out, which is that that's something that I, I think it's a it's a nice little silver lining to the clouds of this particular uh, forecast. And even though I made a mistake in saying that um, Saturn retrograde or, you know, a sextile Jupiter was the last transit, um, one thing that I did kind of put off to the last minute was the moon's position. Because like the sun's position, it moves into different signs every day or moves every day. And as of July the 1st, it was in Sagittarius. Right now it's in Aries and it's conjunct Chiron right now. So... Um, I feel like the, the issue of, you know, feeling as though things are so with um, with Aries, I, I think normally what Aries individuals or those who have sun, moon or ascendant in Aries are usually advocated to uh, think before they act. But Chiron is just like the opposite, where it's like we we act on something and then we feel like. If there's a consequence from that action, it's our fault. So we halt not acting on that one thing. What um, Chiron, I think, is really trying to get us to do is really take more action in life and, you know, kind of blaming ourselves less with our action and really just trying to take action anyway. Um, the moon really is heightening this as well, too. Um, I think, you know, again, it can heighten this wound that we might be all that we're all feeling when it comes to maybe a lack of action, so to speak, because of a fear of what those actions will bring. Um, you know, a good example for me was, you know, if I change one little structure in my life, will I have a complete massive panic attack and meltdown? And the answer is no. And I, I couldn't really see that the answer was no until I actually tried to do that or until I actually got in there, rolled up my sleeves and tried. Um, but within relationships, I think really um, if you're afraid to do something with your partner or you're just afraid to do something, Chiron and the moon conjunct, this this conjunction here with the moon is advocating try, you know, roll up the sleeves and give it a try anyway. Um, there are no, con you know, like I said, the only consequence is coming out of this Chiron phase, feeling regretful that we, we were maybe wanting to do something in a, the relationship that we really didn't have a lot of courage or we had some reticence in doing. Also, uh, with the moon being in Aries, uh, as, as much as this is going to sound contradictory, uh, with the moon being in Aries in relationships, it's all about just kind of doing as much as we possibly can, expressing as much as we possibly can. It's really, you know, thoughts and deeds and sentiments coming out into the forefront. Um, so that's definitely something that we're seeing in relationships right now. However, as in two days, it'll be in Taurus where it'll be more like intimacy, you know, getting involved in intimacy um, and being close to those with whom you love will be more of the emotional realm that we would be in. Also to square the sun currently, uh, normally moon squared sun uh, can be, I think it's kind of a, a small square to consider, especially since it'll just last a day. Um, but really, again, the 
feeling nature of cancer right now and also the expressive nature, just expressing what we're feeling might be kind of at odds at what we're actually feeling right now, which is taking charge. And sometimes it might feel with the moon's position that, you know, the sun's position is kind of getting in our way of taking charge in a relationship Um, or just kind of, you know, expressing what we need to express or kind of doing what we feel we need to do in the relationship in order to make that work. Um, So it's, uh, like I say, again, another interesting transit um, here. Again, it won't last forever. Um, actually, we'll be coming into the moon, I would say, in two days, moon sextile, um, the sun, where there's the intimacy of Cancer and the intimacy of Taurus will just heighten and people will be a little more touchy-feely um, it, it, you know, within relationships or more open in relationships. Well, stargazers, I do hope that this chart of the moment really informed you and enlightened you when it has come to relationships in general. Maybe it might um, have informed you with, that's why this is going on right now, <laughs> which is always, it, it's always nice and fun to, to have that. It's not just fun. It's, it's just really like a epitome, aha, and um, sort of moment. But uh, hopefully this illuminates a lot of things when it comes to relationships. Um, It also might illuminate a lot of things when it comes to life, since life is mainly um, made up of relationships. So um, hopefully this gives like a good, a good light. It sheds something, it kind of sheds some light onto things. And hopefully it's just also massively, like I said, not just informative, but also maybe even entertaining a little bit as well. As always, stargazers, I uh, encourage you guys to look up at the stars, whether you're dealing with the retrograde planets and having some really nasty either health or just nasty, just wonderful effects from it. Um, That could definitely give us a mindfulness break um, all the way around. It's also our or exploring our origins with astrology um, since they were born from 12 constellations in the sky. I also just urge you uh, stargazers, please. um, I just have to say this for myself as well. Please take care of yourselves at this time. I think with the three retrograde planets, um, you know, Saturn retrograde, uh, Neptune retrograde, and Pluto retrograde, they're all urging us, please take good care of ourselves. Um, Even if we have to heed maybe the North Node meaning of Taurus, which is lay off of trying to impress people outside of us and really trying to impress ourselves more. Um, take some time to really take good care of yourself. Make sure that you're okay. Make sure that your loved ones are okay as well too. And above all, um, be really safe and just make sure that, uh, you know, everything, like I said, everything's a-okay, um, that you're getting a good checkup. Uh, Stargazers, I think this is a good time to also say that because of my psycho-emotional health right now, I will be taking a week break. However, I will be coming back not this upcoming, not ne- not um, Sunday of next week, but the but the Saturday of that same week with the 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 other top with another topic, another episode. So definitely stay tuned to that. Um, but above all, stargazers, as I've said before, be well. And until the next time, I actually 
come back and am on this podcast or the next time I come back with a new episode. Until then. If you'd like to contact Sandra Misek for either questions or concerns, you can do so at misek.sandra at gmail.com. Misek is spelled M-I-S-E-K. You can also visit Sandra at her Instagram page at sandra.misek. Again, that's spelled M-I-S-E-K. Also, for as little as $2 a month, you could become a Patreon to this podcast. Visit patreon.com forward slash 7th House Astrology for more details.